We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now, back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Into our second hour, Nate Gatter, Jen C. Skansner with you on the St. Louis City Soccer Report. And we are joined now by Tom Timmerman, who covers city and soccer and the Cardinals and the Blues and any number of other things for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Nice to be here, Nate. But now I am pretty much exclusively the soccer guy. So I'm, you know, the other things are still kind of on my resume, but I am pretty much the soccer guy now. Is it nice to have a home again? <laughs> it is. It, it, it does feel good to, uh, you know, you because over the years of covering soccer, it's been, you know, a, not to malign AC St. Louis or St. Louis FC, but this is a different level and this is a much bigger deal. So it, it is, it is fun to see. So I don't know if you were the only media member. I'm guessing you were. If you weren't, you were one of very few to spend time at, at City Training Camp down in Florida. Uh, what were your impressions from the camp? Maybe not only what you saw from individual players or anything like that, but just the vibe around it and the way that Bradley Carnell and Lutz Fanagesteel structured the camp. Uh, I was the only one down there. Uh, I was down there for several days at the start. Unfortunately, the uh, the Charlotte scrimmage was was canceled, and so I didn't see that. And then I wasn't there for the Philadelphia or Miami games. But uh, you know, the first thing I'll say is Florida is a very nice place to have training camp, and I recommend it. Um, it was you know 80 degrees down there. It's weird here; they're putting on you know like more coats there. They were putting on sunscreen, so that was good. It, it's you know there's there's going to be competition. There are some places on the lineup that you look and you say there you know, very much settled. And there are some in which it's, it can go a lot of ways. So, you know, that started to take shape uh, down there. Uh, both Bradley and Lutz will tell you every position is up for grabs, but obviously, you know, Berkey and goal, Klaus, you know, forward, uh, Leuven in the midfield, those are pretty much set. Tim Parker in the back. But you can see where they're looking and considering guys. You know, the very beginning of camp, it's, it's really hard especially when you're not playing games, you know, that matter where you're playing a full 90 minutes or something. It's hard to get much of a a feel for who's where, but uh, you can see a lot of guys doing good things and you can see the team coming together. And that is in a lot of ways, one of the most important things for this, because you're taking a group of guys and half of them knew each other, but the other half didn't. And so it's a lot of people getting to know uh, other people, and it's not like you're plugging in one or two new guys. They're plugging in like 11 new guys. So it's, it's kind of just bringing everybody together and making it fit. 
Yeah, and 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 Tom, I was interested to think you brought up the the kind of the thing that training camp we're got we've got the team in Florida, right? So it was sunny and mm-hmm. eighty degrees, and you need some sunscreen. <laughs> then we're jumping back to St. Louis. Welcome to back to the cold. It's really cold, and now we're you're going out to California. What's the uh, rhyme and reason behind that kind of boot camp training? Um, you know, they the Florida is referred to as Camp One. California is Camp Two. You know, California, there are more teams that gather there for kind of spring training, as it were. So um, they can get game. It's easier to get games down there in the structure in the facility in in Indio, the Coachella Valley. Um, so they can get they can get games there. They're you know where they were in Miami. Really, there were only three there were three teams there: Miami, them, and Charlotte. Um, so it, just more teams uh, down there. And it's a way, you know, bonding is an important thing. Uh, Edward Leuven was saying, you know, he, he's never spent this much time with teammates in training camp, you know, ever, you know, in his years playing in Europe. So that's a big thing for this is to get the guys together and both put them in one hotel building. You know, guys have roommates. So Leuven's with, um, uh, with Kyle Hebert, you know, uh, Berkey with Klaus and just to, to get guys uh, to get to know each other and they group activities together. So that's one of the important things is, is because the system they use is dependent on so much coordination and interaction. They feel they really need to have the team kind of working as one. And this is one of the ways to do it. And I would imagine too, that gives you a little bit of training too, for what that's like to go from St. Louis. So we got one hour time shift, right down to warm weather, but then you're going to go, you know, a four hour time shift, you know, a couple times, two, three time zones over to Cal- to California. And that's what will happen in the season. You're going to teams that are traveling coast to coast in a very big country with a large footprint. There's got to be some of uh, that kind of affecting the players and getting used to that kind of um, life on the road or in the air, so to speak. I was talking to Isak Jensen today, and he's from Denmark. And he was talking, you know, in Denmark, you can drive from the the southern part of the country to the top part in like a couple hours. I mean, that's, you know, you don't fly. You know, he played in the Danish League, and everything is a bus. And wherever you go, you're an hour from your home. And that's just how it is. And so for a lot of these guys, yeah, this kind of travel, and some of the guys saw it in the City 2 season last year, where, yeah, you're making a four-hour flight to get to the West Coast, and they're going to do that a lot. I haven't done the math, but I would think City is probably going to travel more air miles this year than any other team because they are the most Eastern team in the Western Conference. So their trips to the West Coast are longer than Kansas City's. Uh, you know, Minnesota would give them uh, a little bit of a run there. You know, the East teams play so many games within the conference, they don't have to go very far. So these guys are going to have a lot of travel ahead of them uh, this year. So that's going to be uh, a challenge. Fortunately, the league has, at least for the first half of the year, is still uh, loosened up its standards, its restrictions, and they can fly charters. It used to be you could only fly six legs of charters during the season and because they didn't want teams like the L.A. Galaxy with big budgets to have an advantage on attracting players. Uh, but then when COVID started, they allowed teams to charter everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going to be a thing. And, but other teams are going to have to make long flights out to St. Louis as well. And Carnell was telling me they hope to make that something that works in their favor for when those teams have to make a long trip uh, out here. 
Yeah, I've heard that they, they've been talking about that in general, trying to make it a really, really difficult place to play, that they that they think that this can be – Lutz talks about that a lot, and obviously Coach Carnell has, has picked up on that as well, uh, that, that they want this to be – a difficult place a la how the St. Louis Blues will talk about this, that Enterprise Center is a place that opposing teams don't want to come to, that they think in the heat of St. Louis playing a team that wants to play the way City want to play in June, July, and August is not going to be very attractive. So it'll be interesting to see how much that style does end up making a real game-to-game impact. You know, one more thing before we let you go, Tom, uh, I just I asked this of, of Santiago, and, and I think I'm going to ask it probably of just about everybody, especially people like you who are so plugged into the team, we know about the Berkeys. We know about the Klauses, the Tim Parkers, the Edward Leuvens. Is there anybody who's flying a little bit further below the radar at this point who you have your eye on who you think could be a, a really important contributor this year? Um, Isaac Jensen is someone that the coaches and staff rave about how he's doing. I mean, he's only 20 years old. Um, you know, I think some of the, that midfield line, Jensen, Indiana Vasilev, Rasmus Alm, are guys who I think can play uh, a pretty big role. And I think Nico Giocaccini is a guy that could uh, play you know, a lot. And, I, and then and now I mean, I'm naming too many guys. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, Adeneron is another guy who is probably not going to start. He's going to come off the bench, but he could. Uh, he's a big guy, and he can really get something done. And that's one thing that uh, they've talked about also is that with the style they're playing, they're not going to have 11 guys that they're going to use all the time. They're going to need to go to their bench because in the summer in St. Louis, they can't have these guys out there playing 75, 90 minutes every night, you know, once once or twice a week, depending on the schedule. It's going to be tough. So they are going to be moving guys in and out of the lineup, I expect. Well, we appreciate you, Tom. Uh, maybe the most plugged-in man to the St. Louis soccer scene in our media. And uh, if any of you aren't following Tom Timmerman on Twitter, reading him in the Post-Dispatch, you should be and you'll want to be as we lead up to kickoff in MLS. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Great to have Tom on with us here on KMOX. We will talk next to John Nelson, City Defender, joining us to talk about the uh, upcoming season starting in just a few weeks. You're listening to St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app, 
Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now, back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on your Thursday night. She's Jen C. Skansner. I'm Nate Gatter joining you for our second hour of the St. Louis City Soccer Report and joined by our second city player this evening, John Nelson, city defender, uh, selected by City as part of the uh, expansion draft from FC Cincinnati, coming off a really nice season there where they uh, went to the playoffs for the first time after a rocky start to their uh, history moving up to MLS. And, uh, John, I guess are, are you going to take all the credit for that, uh, you and Pat Noonan engineering the, the bounce from the wooden spoon of last place finishes uh, in MLS up to the playoffs last year? <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for having me on. And No, I think it was it was a great timing right when I got to FC Cincinnati. I think they kind of all put it together. But, yeah, it was a it was a great year with them last year. So did you get any um, inside information? So St. You know, St. Louis native Pat Noonan, who you played for, uh, did he did he did he give a you know a friend uh, some inside information on hey what here's what you're looking for coming to my home home city? Oh, not too much, but he was just really excited for me. Um, you know, he with the expansion draft, you know, it's tough. They can only protect so many players, but he said he was just super excited for me and kind of jealous. I was going to St. Louis. Yeah, it's funny. You know, obviously, we talked about this with uh, with Jared Stroud last hour. You know, you, when you find out you're you're moving teams, and you maybe had a little bit more warning than he did, because rather than a trade, it w- you had been left unprotected. But as you said, a lot of players are teams can only protect very few players. There are plenty of valuable guys. Teams would rather keep who they have to leave unprotected. Was it? What were the emotions finding out that you were you were moving teams again after after one year in Cincinnati and and coming to an expansion team in St. Louis? Uh, mostly, uh, exciting. It, it was super exciting for me and my family. Uh, the expansion draft that day, it was pretty crazy to be honest, just a lot of phone calls going around, but after talking with Bradley and Lutz, um, you know, I was just super excited, you know, it's a big opportunity for me. So, so it was super exciting. That's amazing. I, we asked, I've asked this of um, Tom Timmerman before from kind of his thoughts. And I thought, I got to ask a player um, and you're a veteran, right? You, you've been around, this is not new to you, but I was curious as to kind of how that feels and how does it feel for the new players who don't have experience with it going from, you know, St. Louis to Florida. And we go back to for nice warm. I hear it was like 80 degrees. It was really great. And then you come back to St. Louis yeah. for a nice, really, really cold, total polar, quite polar opposite. And then jumping over to California seems like that's that's part of the training, right? So you've got to train to fly across coast to coast in different time zones so you can be ready to play games. Right. Yeah. My, my first year with Dallas um, a while back, um, you know, we were traveling all over and I wasn't used to it. But now this is my fifth year. Um, you know, I'm used to it. You got to get used to travel, especially being in the Western conference again, you know, your, your flights are are three hours plus. So you got to get used to it for sure. You know, John, I wanted to ask you as well. And speaking of Tom Timmerman, he had a great article about you, uh, just a a couple of weeks ago about how much you've gone through in your career already. I mean, you know, we say veteran and it's true. This is going to be your fifth season, but you're only 24 years old. A lot of guys at that age are you have not endured a whole lot of physical hardship in their careers, but you had to uh, go through a spinal fusion surgery just to get yourself back on the field and able to play without significant pain last year. Obviously, that was a big risk, and and you know there was a chance that that you weren't going to be the same. Maybe you weren't going to be able to play. You know what inspired you that that this was the moment that it had to happen, and then 
how great was it last year to be able to be on the field for 24 games, set career highs, minutes, assists, all of that, and and be able to play more freely than I imagine you'd been able to in a long time. Yeah, going, uh, it was in 2021, so my third year, um, I think kind of what inspired me to get it, it just kind of got to that point where I was just playing through pain constantly. You know, that's not fair to yourself. You can't, you shouldn't be playing through pain. So I said enough is enough. You know, I got the surgery. They said there was a good chance I wasn't going to be able to come back and play. But, you know, I, I had to take that risk because I didn't want to be in pain. And we were optimistic about it. And, you know, I came back within six months. And then there was an injury in Cincinnati. The, the person ahead of me, he got injured. As soon as I got back, I took his place. I had a great year, started a bunch, uh, played a bunch of games. So it was it was really great timing for me. Yeah, you know, it's funny, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything, and, and neither of us have played professional soccer. Jen played at a much higher level than I did, so I can't imagine what it was like for you. But I have to imagine for a kid who becomes a professional soccer player, at least part of it is because you grow up loving the sport, living, breathing, drinking soccer. Mm-hmm. That had to have robbed you of your joy a little bit to be to be playing through that level of pain. What did it bring back for you mentally to be able to just not only take pride, but enjoyment in your day-to-day career training and playing now that you were able to do it again without pain? Of course, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing when I was going through my my injury a few years back, you know, I, you know, before that I used to love going into to training every day. And then during my injury, it just, it wasn't like that. You know, I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't want to be there, you know. And then after the surgery, obviously the, you know, playing pain-free you're like wow this is this is awesome again you're, you're going in you're smiling you're enjoying what you do so that was that was that was huge for me absolutely and I know the St. Louis fans are going to be enjoying seeing you guys um I know you know we've been talking a little bit about how quick it's probably going to go by for players and everybody prepping but for I can tell you my four kids at home it can't go by fast enough to see you guys play here in St. Louis yeah. um and I just wanted to kind of get the thoughts of what you think about, you know, it's not your first, you know, go around. You've been at FC Cincinnati, FC Dallas. So you know what it's like to have great fans in, in a city that's into mm-hmm. it. But we've got a great sports town, right? We've got Cardinals. We call ourselves Cardinal Nation. We bleed blue for the blues. And, you know, mm-hmm. are you really excited to see, um, you know, what does it feel like to be that inaugural with a fever is there? I, I want to call it city fever. Do we have a term? <laughs> I think it's, you know, I think we, we have that. You have these fans that are already in love and barely know you guys. Um what that what does that have to feel like it's awesome it really is a great feeling you know as soon as i uh got uh picked by uh, city sc in the expansion draft so many people were telling me that st louis could not be more excited for a team and then over these past few weeks you see with, with the tickets going selling out in a few minutes you you know just getting the messages on instagram on twitter from all the fans you know that they cannot be more excited so i think me and a you know, I can speak for everyone on the team. You know, we're we're so ready for the season and that home opener, we're looking forward to it. So I know that, you know, we call it City Red and we want to be true to the branding because we call it City Red. At the same time, have you ever worn a jersey that pink in your life before this year? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. It's a, it's a unique color, but it's honestly grown on me. I, I do like it a lot so far. Yeah, hey, I, it I, stands out in a crowd. It stands out in a crowd, right? That's for sure. I think people are excited yeah. about it. Um, and, and the stadium looks amazing going by it at night, all, all lit up with the city red. Uh, it's been great. You know, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about, 
I think all of a sudden after the expansion draft, left back went from an area where City were kind of thin to an area with a lot of depth. And and I know Bradley Carnell said he feels like you and Selmir Pedro in combination give City maybe the the deepest one-two punch at left back in the entire league. What's it been like kind of training with him, two guys who are who are really high-level players in the same position and obviously competing to with each other to some degree for playing time, but also sort of helping each other improve also on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, of course. I agree with Bradley. You know, I didn't know much about Selmir before I got here, but just training with him and watching him these past few weeks, I've been super impressed. You know, I think we're similar players. Both very good on the ball, very good one we one defending. We can both whip in a nice cross, you know. But that that's really that, that means we're just pushing each other, um, you know. That, that spot it's it's going to be a fight for sure. But at the end of the day, we're just pushing the team then and, and then helping the team. So no, it, it's been great playing with them. So I would love if I can ask you one more question um, to get, you know, can I get a little inside scoop? I keep hearing some stuff about style of play, right? I'm talking about, you know, attacking, mm-hmm. attacking and, and um, you know, aggressive. And we're going to be, I would love a little bit. What, what, so I'm going to have my four kids where I'm going to watch you. And I'm going to talk to my kids about how the style of play, how is St. Louis City going to play? What are we going to see mm-hmm. besides, besides a, a win, right? We want the outcomes, but like style and process, what is that going to look like mm-hmm. for us? Of course, we're going to be we're going to be a fast team. We're going to play forward. Um, we're going to be a pressing team. We want to make it crazy for teams. So when they come to St. Louis, they're going to be like, "Oh wow, we have to play this team. We do, we do not want to be here. We don't want to play their style." It's going to be hectic for sure. But you know that's what Bradley wants. And I think over the past few days, or the past few weeks, I mean, it, it, we're we're really coming together. So it's 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 going to be a fast style, a pressing team, all out press. Has that made a training camp especially demanding physically to, to make sure that you guys are, are ready to do that, even in the July heat in St. Louis? Yeah, of course it has. It has. But, you know, that's preseason. But no, it's it's been tough, but it's it's all worth it. Oh, yeah, we are. It's worth it for us. We don't have to put in the work. We just get to enjoy what you guys do on the field. So it's definitely worth it for us. We're glad it's worth it for you. And, and John, we're really excited to uh, see you guys out on the field in just a few weeks and uh, follow you all season and going forward. For sure. For sure. I can't be more excited, but thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate it, John. That's John Nelson, City Defender, and you will see him on the field in Austin February the 25th, just three weeks from Saturday, and then the home opener March 4th at City Park against Charlotte. Next up, we're going to talk to Peter Wood after the break, the Vice President of Creative and Content at St. Louis City SC. Learn a little bit more about the brand and the man behind it. When we return, you're listening to St. Louis City Soccer on KMOX. Now, back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Nate Gatter, Gen C. Scanser, back with you on KMOX tonight, heading into our final half hour of the St. Louis City Soccer Report, and joined now by Peter Wood, who is Vice President of Creative and Content for St. Louis City SC, meaning he is the man in charge of the brand. And uh, if you've been following City really since the launch, and certainly at any point in the last year or so, you know the brand and how intentional City have been about building it piece by piece, how much content there's been, and uh, and how focused that brand has been on a particular identity, how much, how many resources ownership and the club have poured into it as well. And so we're going to get to learn a little bit more about that with Peter. Thanks so much, Peter, for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate uh, the the introduction there. Looking forward to chatting. Well, I guess I've stolen a little bit of your thunder by talking about how much the club are focused on the creative and content side. But what I want to know, first of all, is for a British guy who was then in New York City, 
it must have been a bit of a leap of faith to come to the Midwest. I mean, I defend St. Louis up one side and down the other that we've got it all. But there are a lot of people for whom this is flyover country. If you've uh, spent time in Europe and in New York City but in your entire life, what sold you? What made you want this job? What sold you that city was the place for you? I uh, I have a bit of history working in St. Louis, so I didn't come. I didn't arrive here cold. I um, my background is in advertising, um, so I worked on you know my first big my first big account in London was uh, the Enterprise account. Oh, okay. I was very very familiar with um, St. Louis before I came, and uh, when the ownership group um, that I you know I'd worked with before said you know we're going to set up a soccer team in St. Louis and they explained a little bit about the history um, of, of soccer. Um, and um, they told me, you know, what, what the plan was and, and what they wanted to build. I was, I, I was hooked. I mean, this is the, uh, I'm a, I'm an Arsenal fan from London. I spent my entire life going to Arsenal. I grew up uh, learning about life through football, you know, going with my dad and, you know, meeting, you know, loads of amazing people and uh like that was really important to me and the, the the idea that we could i could come to st louis and work with the ownership group and all the amazingly talented people that are at cesc to create you know what i see is what you know the most idealistic view of a of a soccer club uh like it, 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 i couldn't i couldn't turn it down and then you know I've, I've arrived here and i've learned so much about the place like incredible food beautiful parks amazing people and uh you know, this is a sporting town. This is a sporting town that expects to win. And I'm, you know, I feel like I'm, I know that I'm working for an ownership group that has um, exactly the same feelings. So now I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm happy that I moved. I don't regret a minute. And uh, I love the city. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm STL made now. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really happy uh, with how it's going so far. And we're happy to have you. I'll tell you something else I really am happy to, that you have is to look at your your podcast, The City Voice. Um, and what I was really interested in, is I kind of saw a lot of things I expected, right? Talking with coaches, um, talking with players and, you know, getting St. Louis um, introduced to that. And if anybody, if you haven't listened, I highly recommend you listen. But something on January 14th, 2022, you talked uh, two different episodes about the cognitive game and the mental health side of the game. And I thought that was really interesting. I wasn't expecting to see that. And I was really impressed to see that all the same. And um, what did get your thoughts on, you know, the, the, the mental side of the game as, you know, it's not just about skilling and drilling. Yeah. I mean, we, we do, um, we've run support councils with, uh, with our amazing fans and we've tried to de- design the content experience around, what they're looking for, and one of the things that we heard loud and clear was, they want to go, uh, they, they want to go deep on um, on topics they've not heard about. So you know, the, the Athletic is a fantastic publication known for its sort of long form content and really taking people on a journey. And fans told us that they wanted to sort of nerd out on uh, on soccer. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a soccer writer in my spare time. I, you know, I do I do podcasts and and I, as a fan, like looking at my club, which is which is, you know, my, my English club, which is Arsenal. I always kind of like wanted to, to hear about what goes on behind the scenes. And now I work in the game and I've got, you know, great relationship with Bradley and Lutz. And Lutz was telling me about, you know, this, this guy who, um, who helps coaches understand the cognitive side of the game. Um, I saw it as an opportunity and, you know, we kind of rolled the dice, um, 
spent some time talking about um, the mental side of the game and like just understanding how all the coaches of the club think about it. You know, like the, the mental side is really important, like right from the moment that you step foot into the academy, like all the way through to the first team. So um, we put it out there. Fans responded really well, and from you know for, that was one of the earliest ones, and the, the feedback that we got was great and. We realised that St. Louis City soccer fans—they don't want, you know, they want some of the sort of 101 stuff. But like, there's some, there's a real hardcore fan base out here that want to learn about the game. And um, we think uh, uh, City SC, we think like we try and use that podcast to bring people angles and storylines that you don't normally get at other clubs. Like the, the ownership group has been very, um, very good to us, and they're, they're, you know, they give us a lot of access. The sporting department wants to make sure that St. Louis understands like every element of what they're trying to build. And the hope is that the more that we give the fans and the upfront, um, the better it will be as the season goes on because they'll feel part of the story because we brought them along for the journey. Right. And so I would imagine that the, that's fantastic. And I love that you have the mental side in there. It's so great. Um, I'm so attached to that part of the game. And I would imagine that finally three weeks from now, we're going to actually, we're not going to be talking about starting. We will be into it, that that podcast would, would hopefully, you know, also be able to reflect the current happenings, right? The Not just the outcomes, not just the wins, the losses, but all the other things that, you know, the fans really want to know behind the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like every, everything up until now has been a promise of what's to come. And um, when the season um, gets underway, like we want to, we, we know that um, the more, the more you bring fans along for the ride, the more forgiving they are. Like the, you know, in our first season, there were going to be ups and downs. You know, that's just the nature of, just the nature of the beast. And we want to make sure that our fans always feel connected to our coach, our players, um, and like the, the mission the, that we're bringing them along for. You know, the um, the, the 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 more uh, the, the better the support through the season, the quicker um, we're going to get to our um, our end goals. And communications is is just a small part of it. I mean, the job that Bradley Carnell and Lutz are doing, uh, like we're really excited about where that's going to go. But like we hope that like uh, the communication and bring the fans along is going to lead to lots of noise in the stadium, um, like a, a deeper understanding of like what goes behind um, like every decision that happens, and like really part of the job of the podcast as well is to to make sure that everybody knows like these are these are humans out on the pitch. They have the same. Uh, ups and downs that you have in your life and uh, like just you know understand it from their perspective this is going to be a it's going to be a a difficult year it's going to be an exciting year but um, just understand that that's a that's a person on the pitch we're talking with uh, Peter Wood vice president of creative and content at St. Louis City who's been uh, tasked with building the brand and continuing to feed the beast that is the City SC fan base and their demand for uh, more of this great content because the bar has been set awfully high and uh, now has to continue to be met but a challenge that uh the team has been up for to this point. And Peter, before we let you go, I, I wanted to talk to you about the MLS season pass announced uh, just recently on Apple TV plus. We knew that was going to be the move this year that fans for a, a single season flat fee or for a monthly uh, rate can get access to that MLS season pass, which includes every MLS game, no local blackouts, nothing of that sort. And they could watch every city game and any other game around the league that they want and from your perspective, it also presents just another avenue for content because subscribers also get to see a locked and loaded content page that has all sorts of city stuff all the time that's not just limited to games. Isn't that right? Yeah, we're creating a lot of exclusive content that will go behind um, 
uh, like will go on the MLS season pass. We've actually got uh, uh, a very special series called City Rising, um, which will hopefully launch uh, tomorrow or, uh, or or the weekend. And we've got um, a, a very famous um, German journalist called Rafa Honigstein, and he's going to talk. Uh, he's going to bring City fans through. You know how we built the club, um, like what our bigger than soccer story is all about. Then he's going to really. Um, go to bat to tell the story of the first team. So um, there'll be an episode dropping every week. There'll be exclusive content going throughout the season, and uh, like you know, we hope that City fans can subscribe. It's going to be a it's going to be a great experience with Apple. We're really confident that um, that they're going to deliver in the same way they deliver with everything else. To your point about showing the that the players are people too, right? The human side of of the game, the human side of the players. That's something that I think everybody talks about who who does content, right? That's one, one of those things that you hear a lot about, humanizing the players, the coaches, every element of the club in order to make fans feel closer to them, right? That they're not just jerseys out there running around. They're actual human beings. What do you think is maybe the biggest challenge in getting there and producing something some piece of content that goes beyond the surface that that's something unusual that makes people really sit down and think about what they just consumed. And then when you do it, what's the most rewarding part of it for you? I think the, the, the most important, the most, not the most difficult thing, but like the, the, the coaching staff and the players need to trust the you're going to represent their story. Uh, and it's, you know, they're used to sitting down for five minutes and having to get their talking points across in five minutes. And the way that we try and communicate with the players and coaches is like, listen, it's much easier to get your story across over the course of an hour and to truly let your character shine and your ideas uh, rise to the top. So the, the challenge is um, it's, it's trust. And then you've got to make sure that you deliver something that they like and so far, it's been it's been great. I mean, like uh, our players want to be on it, our coaches want to be on it, and like, the fans have responded really well to it so far. And it's like um, when when you know if you if you get the chance and you get to listen to Bradley Carnell talk about the, the, the soccer philosophy that we're going to have next year, like it's electric. And uh, you know, my kind of personal gauge is it. I always hope if I'm enjoying it because I'm I'm sitting there as a fan. Uh, the hope is that the audience is enjoying it and. Uh, like I've enjoyed doing a lot of these these podcasts, and we hope to do more. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's giving people the chance to express themselves over a, 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 over a period longer than five minutes. I have a really hard question for you now. This is a quick one, and then we're going to let you go. I promise. But we're finishing with the hardest one because you said you're a fan now, right? And this is your yeah. club, your STL made. Let's imagine yeah. a hypothetical world, even if it's a friendly St. Louis City play Arsenal. Oh, God. who are you rooting for? Oh. I mean, that, that's that, not that, a fair that, question. That's that 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 that's uh, that that's brutal. But listen, I'm I'm in St. Louis. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be a St. Louis fan for one day. Just don't let any of uh, my Arsenal friends know that I said that. We won't tell anybody. I promise. Peter, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me on. That's at Peter Wood 33 on Twitter already has uh, more than 2,400 predominantly city fans following him. And uh, that number should be a lot higher. That's the man who is given city fans all the content they want and more. Peter Wood, vice president of creative and content for St. Louis city SC still got 15 more minutes for you here tonight on KMOX. Going to talk a little bit more to Jen when we get back and hear a bit more of that mental side of the game. You're listening to the St. Louis city soccer report on KMOX. Back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
So we got a few minutes left with you before we get to our news at the top of the hour. Nate Ganner and Jen Cease Ganser back with you in our KMOX studios tonight. St. Louis City Soccer Report. I want to thank all of our guests who have joined us. We've had a, yeah. a litany, a uh, half dozen who have come on and, and have all done a great job and, and hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, Jen, a couple of things I want to talk about with you. But first of all, we only got to mention the U.S. men's team with Bill McDermott, and we talked about everything that's going on there. Sort of the, I don't want to say the high of the World Cup because they could have done more, uh, but certainly the positive that was taken away from the World yeah, Cup. for sure. And then in some ways the downfall of everything that's happened since off the field. It almost distracts at this point from the, the point in the calendar we're at internationally, which is... It's time for the women to shine right. this That's summer. Right. And and the U.S. women, on the one hand, still the dominant team in the world in the sense that they're the, the multi-time reigning champions of the World Cup. On the other hand, this is a different generation of American women, and their grip on that top spot seems like it's loosening month by month at this point. Yeah, and I'm going to get a lot of haters for this, and I totally understand, but this is as it should be. So in order for it's don't get me wrong. Do I love the the, the women or our team going and romping people? Sure. I love that. I love to see what we do. But, you know, the game, right? The game kind of like the same. Right. So on in the on the men's side, we know that U.S. is is young. Right. The U.S. is young in the game. On the women's side, the U.S. is a leader in the game. They're they're the ones with legacy. So that legacy being now seen in other countries is only good for the game. So I know, like, I still, U.S. women, I love you, and I want you to win. But at the same time, the game is not growing if they're romping all the time. It shouldn't be that way. They should have to fight. No, I completely agree. And this is interesting. It transitions well into the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about because I think you could argue whether the true passing of the torch is this World Cup, whether it's at the next Olympics, whether it's at the following World Cup, at some point along the line, the the Rapinos and the Alex Morgans and the veterans of this team. I mean, Julie Ertz already ha- has pretty much moved on. Becky Sauerbrunn at some point, as much as we love a St. Louis native, is going to have right, to move right. on at some point. They're all coming to the twilights of their careers. There's going to be a very young, inexperienced U.S. women starting 11 at a World Cup, at an Olympics, at a major tournament that still has all the same expectations. Yes. That came from having a, an 11 full of proven world-class players and they won't have that, but they'll still be dealing with this incredible expectation on them to not just win, but as you said, to romp. So you are an expert in the <laughs> mental side of sport. If you were the sports psychologist for the U.S. Women's National Team and you were talking to those younger players, the Mallory Pews of the world, maybe somebody right. who sort of came in and almost flamed out as a young prodigy in the women's national team setup, kind of dropped out of the national team setup for a little while and now has come back with a vengeance. The Sophia Smiths, the Katarina Macarios, this next generation right. Of American women, what would you be telling them to put them in a position to succeed on the World Cup stage? Well, of course, you know, every, the skilling, oh, always talk when we talk about the mental side of the game, what we do so well when I coach soccer myself, you know, I didn't put a lot of thought into the mental side. And I had the training for that um, in industrial organizational psych. I wasn't a sports psychologist, but I had that psych training. And I, you know, I, the part was touches, right? Touches on the ball, do the skills, do the drills. And then we do very little to deal with the mental side in the game. Now, at the top levels, right, with the women, they have mental coaches. They have people who travel with them and who work on that side of the game. But I would say, you know, when it comes to this younger generation coming up and trying to hold a very big torch, right, from the the ones that are that are kind of, oh, God, I hate to say aging out, so to speak, but, you know, coming into their twilight years is that 
not only the physical, but that mental part of the game, right? How you handle loss, how you use loss, how you deal with the fact that, you know, we know that nobody, nobody really develops with easy wins. You always develop in the parts that you hate about the game. You always develop when things go wrong, right? We, what makes a team, right? Team, not that you win all the time. What we see makes a team is when they go through loss, when they go through problems. I hope the best for the U.S. men's team, right, with something like that. Um, on, the, on the women's side, too, you're looking for um, personal development and that personal challenge, the, the ability. It's not failure. And that's what we talk about with mental training. It's not failure. Failure is required. It is how you deal and recover from failure and, frankly, use it to get better. And if any of you are thinking, you know, Jen sounds like she knows a lot about this. Well, you could check out her services and uh, all the coaching that she does through Mind to Define, particularly with with girls and, and women's athletes. What do you think is different particularly about, let's say you're dealing now with middle school, high school kind of athletes, about dealing with girls at the 12 to 17 range rather than boys? You know, it's so funny. That's a great, so so mindset, mental skills, and just like um, Peter talked about, you know, it's he's talking about it in the men's side, right? It's important on both sides. What I find, what's interesting, when I coached boys and I coached girls in soccer, um, that the the frustrating part about one is the the golden part about the other. So I'll give you a good example that's not mindset. So it's it's taking boys and girls and putting them into a, you know, a, bi- a little bubble here and doing ball skills. And what you'll notice when you do just ball skills is that boys, and again, generalizing, I'm generalizing, so that there's always the exception to the rule. But generalize, boys will go out and just do the move, right? They just do it. And they're like, yeah, this is awesome. I just did this move. And I'm like, that, none of that was right. That was, okay, <laughs> slow down. None of that was right. Amazing. Whereas I got uh, literally on the flip side, on the other side, I've got the girls who I'm like, speed that up. You have that. And they, they tend to, they're looking for perfection. They're looking to get it right. They are really coachable. They're super coachable. Risk-taking can sometimes be something I, I tend to want to push for. That kind of a thing. That's interesting. And obviously that's, you know, as you said, it's generalizing. And, and when you have an individual kid you're working with, sure. you're going to be able to tailor things individually. How do you, what are the challenges between both? Let's say you have <laughs> one kid who just, you're having to pull back on the reins and say, hey, you know, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails, but you're really not nailing it. <laughs> and we need you to to be able to improve. And the first thing to convince you, to show you how to improve is to admit, you know, you got to admit you have a problem that's first. Right. As opposed to the kid who, whether it's boy or girl, who has a lot of things going for him but needs more confidence. What, what, how do you handle both? That's a good point. It's actually the flip side on the, on the psychological theory, right, where one is, is looking at everything they do right, the other one seeing everything they do wrong. So it really is – So it's, the, the easy thing is balance, right? It's balance. And, and where one type of player needs balance on maybe being a little bit more realistic about their performance, right? Maybe being a little more honest with themselves, maybe not blaming their teammates, maybe owning a little bit more. I work with also players, actually more of the players I work with are the ones on the other side who own more, who say, I lost the game for my team. No, you didn't. It's a team, you know, who, who think they should take on more than they should, who don't have a healthy relationship with failure. So it's, it's a flip side. You can find both. On In my line of work, it tends to be more with the, the players who are struggling and have a lot on their shoulders and more than they should carry being on a team. Well, we only have uh, one minute somehow left of our, our couple of hours. Uh, what a, a phenomenal evening this has been of talking city soccer, talking the men's and women's national team, learning a little bit more about the mental side of the game. Uh, 
What What are your big, uh, any big takeaways from the, the guest tonight? Oh my gosh, I'm just so excited. So I honestly, my favorite thing is probably the softest thing. I loved the talk about how City is developing their team bond. I can't wait to see what comes on the field, if that's what they're doing off the field. Well, we want to say a big thank you to all of our guests tonight. Santiago Beltran, Jared Stroud, Bill McDermott, Tom Timmerman, John Nelson, and Peter Wood, who joined us here for the St. Louis City Soccer Report. Our producer, Matt Pajeski, and my co-host, Jen C. Skanser, saying good night tonight from the KMOX studios. News is coming up next. You've been listening to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.